The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. We're here with Josh York from East Lansing, Michigan on the Michigan State University campus. Josh has a business of manufacturing hats and he's selling them to the college students and he's giving some of those hats out to people on the streets, some of the homeless people. So Josh, the name of your business is York Apparel. Yes, officially I'm kind of rebranding it to be the York Project. Okay. That, encomp- that encompasses more than more of just being apparel. How'd you think about getting into this? Where'd the idea initially come from? A few different places. So when I was in high school, I was really involved in, in different community things and, and groups to giving back. The main one was Invisible Children. I don't know if you've heard of that or yeah, any, anybody yeah. listening, but yeah, um, I was involved with that in the high school and raising money for that. And uh, my mom always said, it's great that we help out other countries, but we should really be helping support our people in our own community and giving back to our own area. In my second year of college, I was going to community college, working part-time at a hardware store, playing drums in a band. I bought myself a beanie from the hardware store I was working at, and I sold my last name into it, York, and I wore it to the concert, and a bunch of my friends wanted one. So being a business-minded person, I thought, wow, okay, I'll sell some stuff to my friends. <laughs> so I bought 10 more hats. I sold out uh, again the next weekend. I bought 10 more hats, sold my name into them, sold out, uh, and I, I knew I was kind of onto something. That was when I kind of decided to to give back to the homeless. I had kind of just been brought up. It's it's great to give back to your own community. And I thought this is a great opportunity for me to start something. I have a product that's selling, people want to buy, and why not why not give back to the community with what I'm doing? So I picked homelessness in Detroit, mainly just because I grew up going downtown to Detroit or I, I worked a summer in Detroit and there was just always homeless people around. It honestly fascinated me just how people with nothing pretty much are able to not just survive, but they're able to thrive in, in, in their circumstances. For example, there was one guy, when I worked at a golf course in Detroit, um, I used to grow, drive by uh, the bridge at 8 Mile and Woodward every single day. And mm-hmm. there was a homeless guy that lived under the bridge out of a shopping cart. I'd see him brushing his teeth out there or cooking food on the sidewalk or he playing his harmonica. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And um, once I was selling some hats and, and having a little bit of success with that, I thought that would be a great cause to, to give back to. So af- after I sold my first 50, I took a box downtown to Detroit Christian Services and I donated a box of hats and it's continued to just grow from there. What an organic, natural story. And I love the fact that your entrepreneurial instincts took over and said, and you were observing, hey, I could be on to some here. Do you have a formula? So many hats purchased is how many you donate or? Yes. um, To keep it simple, I just do one for one. Um, So for every sale, I donate one item. And I found out that hats are a lot of times not the item that people need the most. A lot of times people need socks, underwear, gloves. So instead of doing one hat for one hat, I just do every purchase of a hat will donate another item of clothing, whatever it might be needed at the time. I'm going to make a comment here from my perspective as Gingrass Global, where we develop a lot of social enterprises. Josh, you fall into what I would call the category of resource sharing. So buy one, give one, you're sharing the resource of your product. Mm-hmm. So every time someone purchases one, you're giving another item that complements that or, or serves a similar need. Other types of resource share social enterprises, they might be donating a percentage of profit or a percentage of revenue. So it generally either comes in the form of dollar sharing or product sharing in the resource share category of social enterprise. The other two categories tend to be social staffing and 
the other third and last one is your product itself has a social mission and you're working hard to get that product to places that don't normally have a chance to have that product. Think of medical devices, trying to get them out to sub-Saharan Africa that comes against your profit. So that's what makes you a social enterprise. But in this yeah. case, you're taking part of your profits and you're helping the homeless. What have you found some of the reactions are when you deliver some of these items? A lot of varied reactions. A lot of the times when I donate, it's more of an organized event. Like People are coming there expecting to be able to get food or, or clothes or hats or something. But the coolest things come when it's not an organized thing. Like if someone's on the street, I'll, a lot of times if I go to a big city or, or take a vacation with my family or something, I'll, I'll bring extra hats or socks with me to give to people. Mm. And that's, that's like the coolest thing is when someone's not expecting it. Like one time uh, some guy was asking me for, for money and I honestly didn't have my wallet on me. I took off the hat on my head and I gave that to him. And the look of disbelief on his face that some kid is cares enough about me who, who I don't even know. He cares enough about me to just give me something of his. And, and uh, it was just cool. One of the things that I've heard and, or learned from doing this in the past two years has been that homeless people, they don't have the human connection. A lot of people, if you see someone on the street, people will look the other way or put their heads down and just hurry past them. Homeless people don't get touched. Those are two of the most basic things that people need is the human connection. And whether it's a handshake or a hug, people just try and avoid the homeless. Giving that to, to people and giving them that human connection, I think is almost more important than the, the actual hat or socks or whatever it is they're, they're cared about. More than half of the folks that end up in a health, homeless shelter are like you and I, that they, they were just, in many cases, the victim of something that was done to them or it could happen to anyone. It was a one mistake that went the wrong way. And yeah. they're just normal people that have now been brushed with, hey, you got the homeless stripe and now it's hard to get employment and it cycles down from there. I've heard mm -hmm. that many times that the human touch, the human dialogue, just that human connection is so critical. So let's go back to the hats for a minute. The mm -hmm. students are your primary mm -hmm. customers, is that right? At yeah. State? Yes, but that's that. That is kind of right now, but that's not what I'm going for. Um, my hats have actually sold in 28 different states and seven different countries. Just that's the power of having the internet and having a, a you know a video that goes on the internet, and all of a sudden people all over are able to support it. it blows me away that something I started in my basement sewing stuff with my mom is getting sold around the world. <laughs> but my main target right now is Big Ten schools. We currently have a team of four at Michigan State. We have three individuals at University of Michigan and we also have a kid at Illinois that are uh, we're trying to expand onto those campuses organically through reaching out to clubs and different stuff like that. Uh, we're slowly starting to expand that and hoping to be fully ramped up in the next couple of years to be at all the schools. It is a good looking hat. <laughs> it is yeah. a good looking no, I, hat. I think so. <laughs> that works. And they're very warm too. They're actually they are warmer than some other very popular brands. They're just I've been lucky enough to get a good supplier and, and be able to make a good good functional hat. So you're giving me a great transition to talk about the manufacturing yeah. and you alluded to it earlier that you kind of started sewing a few things on and then your mom kind of jumped in. Will you yeah. give us a little backdrop of that journey? Uh, originally it was, I was buying wholesale hats and I was screen printing my last name onto a t-shirt from Salvation Army and then cutting that up and then stitching that in by hand. And that was so time consuming and it was just horrible once sales started to pick up. Um, and then once I got to Michigan State, I worked with some of the people out of an incubator here and they hooked me up with some bigger suppliers and some companies that would do everything for me and my hats are currently sourced from china 
Although I'm looking back, I actually just ordered some new ones from a distributor in uh, Minnesota. I'm trying to switch everything to be 100% made in the U.S. I know we're not to the long term yet, but long term, I actually want to be employing the homeless to manufacture everything. So slowly working it from, from going overseas, I'm slowly working everything back into the U.S. and locally. I know you and I have talked about this social staffing element that you'd like to get to a place of scale that you can, you know, of course, give mm-hmm. them jobs, which fits right in alignment with the whole reason you, you're doing what you're doing. There is a natural evolution to that. You and I also talked about your great awareness that it's got to be making enough of a profit to do that first and so that you can be set up to honor that people group and honor the current company and the demand for the hats. You're still finishing school. Yeah, <laughs> you're that, junior, that's yeah. <laughs> How are you managing that balance? Um, I like to think fairly well, but it's not fun. <laughs> Honestly, when I moved, I, I went to Schoolcraft College in Livonia for two years and I was living at home. And uh, this sounds like a little kid thing to say, but honestly, the hardest part was when I moved away from my mom because my mom was my number one helper and she would do whatever I needed. And so moving away and having to do it without her there all the time was actually the hardest part. But uh, I've gotten a, a really supportive group here at Michigan State and uh, I got over that initial tough spot, but it, it's tough. Running a business is really difficult anytime and not just running like an established one, but growing a business is very tough. It's also hard being a, a, a college student. I'm busy enough as it is and then trying to do them together is it's very tough. There's been times where I kind of didn't want to do it anymore, but uh, I'm just lucky enough again to be at a, a great school with a lot of motivating people and people that push me to keep on doing it. And uh, it just reminds me that I'm doing a good thing and I might as well keep going. So Josh, how do they reach you? The best way is to go on the website, which is uh, www.yorkproject.com. There's a uh, the official story, I have a really great video. Um, it's got links to all the social media pages. You can buy a hat or, or stuff on there. Um, if you want to direct social media, Twitter and Instagram are both just at York Project. The Facebook is facebook.com slash York Project. Well, thanks, Josh. Thanks for your time. Keep up the good work, and we'll check back. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Gingras and are copywritten 2015 Gingras Global, LLC, are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Gingras Global, LLC.